I'm Aria Schwartz with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We're talking about the players that have been dominating this WNBA season so far. season we have seen some dominating games 22 rebounds for John Quell Jones Nafisa dropped 27 in her opening game Duana Bonner 31 if you like our show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W Rachel we're talking dominating performances and dominating players early in this WNBA season let's start off with one of our a, a common ground if you will for you and I Duana Bonner yeah, who starts the season off with 31 points, drops 12 in the next game, but she was an all-around player. She, you know, 12 and 8 rebounds in those games, 4 assists a game. She's doing everything for this team while Diana Taurasi's missing. Talk to me about your thoughts on Dewana Bonner. I know you had her as a early preseason prediction for MVP award, and she's making you look smart. Yeah, I mean, I think it all started, especially with last season, what she was doing, even with Tarazi. On the court, Bonner really just showed, you know, and, and all facets of the game, what she's capable of doing. I mean, she really does bring so many elements with her length and her ability to score it. And, you know, at, at this at this time, you know, early in the season, there's about three players. There are three players averaging a double-double. She is one of them, you know, coming in. At about you know twenty one and a half a game and ten rebounds, I mean those those are those are really high numbers and those are high numbers to maintain. And I think when you know when, when you don't have Tarazi in the game, um, you do look to Bonner more. The, the ball is probably in her hands a little bit more. But it's just incredible to me how she scores it. You know she she's very versatile. How savvy she is with the ball in her hands. I mean she's, I mean right now if you had to pick an MVP in the league, I have to go with her. You know, and now again, we're, we're two, three, four games in, but she's just elevating her game to such a special level. And I just think, you know, it's only going to continue to get better throughout the course of the season, even with Tarazi returning. Oh, I agree. And, and the thing is, when Tarazi returns, that just means you can't give more attention to Bonner. And and you also let let's not forget there's some other very talented players on this roster. You got Brittany Griner, you got these young players, these rookies coming in. And I expect, again, I've been saying this from day one of Tarasi's injury announcement. This is only better for the team because now you have an opportunity to get more minutes for the young players, get these options, you know, see what they can do, see what they're going to do. Um, trial by fire or whatever the phrase is. I'm going to mess it up no matter what. But I'm excited for this Mercury team. Uh, Dwana Bonner has been dominating. And the thing is that I saw, even in her game where she only drops 12 points, she was able to extend her game in various other ways and – she showed up when it mattered. She was able to really insert herself on, and go on a streak. I want to say out of those 12 points, like eight of them were scored in like a four or five minute span at one point, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Let's move on to another athletic big in this league who has been playing very dominating, Natasha Howard. And for me, I'm looking at the stats. I'm reading down, okay, this is what she did in this game. This is what she did in this game. Her second game against Minnesota, it was last night, if you're probably listening to this on Thursday or Friday, it was a few days earlier. It was her worst game, if you call it that, 
and she was still a beast on the board. She was getting double team, triple team. She was she was slick. She was snaky in there, moving around those lanky arms, and she is fast and does not get tired. Natasha Howard is making the Seattle Storms team Seattle Storm team look like the defending champions. Talk to me about one of the most dominating players this season so far, Natasha Howard, Rachel. You cannot say enough about just the dominance, you know, and I think she's by far earned that right to have the word dominating, you know, kind of with her. You know, she, she's another one of those three averaging a double-double right now um, at 18.2 points a game. Now, Seattle has played five games. They're, they're, they're um, the team that's played the most, and so she's maintaining, you know, pretty really solid numbers. Um, you know, for, from a rebounding standpoint, from, um, you know, a scoring standpoint, but, uh, one of the, one of the most impressive things about her is, you know, the efficiency she's, you know, shooting close to 50%. I mean, you want the ball in her hands and this is just such a fascinating Seattle team to watch because although, you know, it, it is very different than what we had expected them to be, um, you know, with, with Stewie and Bird and, you know, all, all the things they're facing right now, it just really does go to show you how dominant this team is. And, and you could even take it a step further, not to take the attention off of them. You know, between Jewel Lloyd, Jordan Canada elevating her game to the level in which she has early on in this season, in just her second year. And then you combine it with Natasha Howard, who's arguably, I mean, if you're talking about Bonner being MVP caliber candidate for, you know, this early in the season, Natasha Howard has to be in the conversation at least for the way she's played so far this year. Um, And I'm just, I'm really impressed with her. I I think she's one of the most consistent players in the league, both of them, Bonner and Howard from what we've seen in just the course of the last year Um, and, and how, and I think both, both of them have elevated their game to even another level. Um, And a lot of that has to do, especially with Howard with, you know, she has to because other, others are going to have to step up. You can't fully replace the loss of a steward or bird, but others are going to have to elevate their games to the next level. And a lot of times, you know, that that's going to happen just by nature, uh, by touches and things like that. But she hasn't skipped a beat. Um, she's just so impressive and she is so dominant. Um, what she's able to do with her length and her size, she's a lot of fun to watch. I, I agree 100%. I've been watching this. There's a, a highlight if you go to Natasha Howard's uh, homepage on the WNBA site. There's a highlight from the Chicago game where she like jumps in front of a pass using her lankiness, runs the whole court, splits two <laughs> defenders, throws it's it. Ridiculous! It, it's an insane play, and and this woman is just she's the, she's also sweet too. Like she doesn't have that like I'm gonna dominate you and be a beast down low against you. She just has that like I'm gonna smile and do it, and you're gonna hate me. And a lot of opponent, opponents are hating her right now. Moving on to another dominating presence of this early 2019 season. John Quell Jones, 16.8 points a game, only one game with less than 13 rebounds. And let's talk about her rebounding ability. We talked about it on our last episode. Um, she's got stick on her hands. She's not missing anything. She had a game with 22 rebounds. She, is, she has been insane. Rachel... What do you think when you see the stuff that she's doing in the paint this year? I mean, I mean, it's no secret that, you know, you get the sense that this is really what this is the player that the Sun are kind of building their franchise around. What JJ is capable of doing, you know, at 6'6 is highly unique, you know, in this league. And she's just now really scratching the surface, in my opinion. You know, she's 
she's getting a ton of confidence. I know she's got all the utmost confidence from her coaches and from her teammates. And it's really starting to show, you know, when she's out there on the floor and the way they're running their system with her being such a focal point of it. Um, JJ someone that we are going to be talking about at length and she's only going to continue to improve. unintended. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think she's only going to continue to impress, impress us, you know, as, as the course of the season and the next few years go on. I mean, she is, a special, special dominant interior presence that is able to face up. You know, she'll take you off the bounce. She can stretch the floor. She can do so many different things. She's not one or two dimensional. And that's, that's what's the most incredible thing about her with her size and, um, you know, and just how active she is on the glass. You know, she, she creates so many opportunities for her team and she's becoming such a presence inside that's demanding so much attention from defenses that it's creating other opportunities for, for you know, players like obviously Courtney Williams, who is I'm high, very high on Courtney Williams and her dominance and, and just as, as one of the top guards in this league. But JJ is is there's no doubt, you know, the focal point of this Connecticut Sun kind of. Uh, offense franchise, if you will. And, and we're just now really seeing kind of like what that's going to look like. I mean, I, I just love watching her play. I really do. Let's talk about this. Her worst game, technically, if you want to get into it. Um, and the reason, uh, all right, maybe opening versus Washington was her worst game. But let's talk about this latest game against Vegas. She was 0 for 6 from 3. Very not like her, all right? She's 6 for 6 from the three th- free throw line. 13 rebounds, three steals, three blocks, all right, for 16 points. That's the type of player I like on my team. She's filling the, she's stuffing the stat sheet all over it, all right? You can't get better than that when you're talking about a dominating player. She's doing everything. Um, another player who's been quite dominating so far, Chelsea Gray. Mm. In her first three games, Rachel, okay, starts off a little slow, eight points, then 16 points then 29 points, and steady with four assists in each of those games, and only six turnovers total. I mean, for me, at, 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 the, at, at her position, for her to have the ability to be putting out those points, I mean, by, by, that, by that number, I might not be a genius, but by that number, I'm expecting her to double 29 next game. That, that's just my take. You know, I, I was surprised um, that 29 was her career high, to be honest with you, because I think... I was too! Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit surprised to hear that. Now, I feel like last year was a little bit more of a quiet year for Gray. Um, you know, we did see some dominating performances, but it was really 2017. Um, remember, you know, where she was just so dynamic, and she was having so many games, you know, in the upper 20s that it just felt like it was you would just kind of expected it. Um, and now, you know, uh, Derek Fisher was quoted recently of just kind of saying, you know, she, she really took some time, you know, when she got back from overseas to, to, to work on her conditioning, to get in shape, all those things. And it was going to take a few games, but he wasn't surprised to see that sort of offensive output that, you know, she showed against the, the Liberty the other night. And I, and I, I think that's really telling because she's obviously put a lot of work um, into, into the off season. I mean, off season since they don't really get one, but you know what I'm saying? Um, she looks like she's in better shape. She looks like she's got a ton of confidence out there right now. She looks like the type of player that is like, this is my team, you know? And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think she's deserved kind of that, 
um, to hold her head high like that with this team. And I think she is playing with a ton of confidence in herself and it's showing, but she's, we all know anyone who's followed the league, you know, at least for the last few years, understand how dangerous of a player Chelsea Gray is when she's in that, you know, just killer instinct mode. Like she can't be stopped. Um, And so what we saw against New York the other day, I love when she's on that level because it's so special. It's so unique. And I, I just, I hope it continues because she's so fun to watch and she's just got that, like, she's one of the players that like, you know, I think someone asked the question, uh, maybe last summer we were having that debate, like, you know, game championships on the line, you know, you're, you're down one, like who out of the league do you, like, who do you want? Like, who, who are you going to give the ball to? She's one of those players to me that I'm like, I'm thinking Chelsea Gray because she's got that cold-blooded killer instinct, elevates her game in that fourth quarter, will throw the team on her back, go to work type of mentality that is extremely unique, uh, it's special, um, and I love kind of that, like, just just ice in her veins. Um, and I, we saw that the other night, and I, I definitely think it's going to continue. I believe it was other morning, just to get, get picky with you. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, like, she has swagger. And she's got it on the court, and when she's vibing, it's hard to stop. Here's something that I thought was crazy, because hearing you talk about the same thought process that I have, which is you never, you always think about, how was 29? Like, you see these big numbers from her, and you forget, you know, you expect only that from her. I do want to throw something out. In 2017 and in 2018, uh, she averaged 14.8 and 14.9, respectively, points per game. I was shocked to see that. So far this season, she's averaging 17.7. I like to see that. We also, I don't know if you remember this, in, in the presser, uh, following the LA Sparks loss to the Washington Mystics in the playoffs last year, NECA and Candace both sat there and basically said, next year is Chelsea Gray's year. We've been we've been saying that she needs to step up and that, you know, she needs to understand how good she is. And this coming year, that's going to be the year that she does it. So I'm excited to see yeah. what that means further down the road. Because, well, yeah. Well, no, and I'm glad you brought that up because it, it does it. You, you really get the sense that that is the ownership she's taking. And, and and just to add one more point, what she's doing from a numbers perspective early is really impressive. She's being so efficient with it from the guard position, shooting well over, you know, 40%, which is impressive. But, you know, she's shooting 40% from the three-point line right now, too. And um, those are big numbers. One of the best free throw shooters in the league. And, you know, she gets there, you know, a pretty decent amount because the ball's in her hands. And I just, she's off to a tremendous start so far this year. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that, uh, that carries the team. Let's talk about another player who I might get some flack. I'm a, some might call me a Homer for saying, for throwing her in this, uh, Nafisa Collier. I'm throwing in this. All right. Because, she has sandwiched her two bad games with two great games. Opens the season with 27 points. Next game, nine. Next game, five. And then last night, or depending on when you're listening, a few days ago, 17 points in the loss to Seattle. But what I saw from her showed me that she has that element to be a dominating presence for the rest of the season. She was shut down early in that game. It just, I mean, Alicia Clark was taking her to school, giving her that rookie treatment, just dominating her. Whole first half. Second half, she comes out with a completely new swagger. You and I were texting about it, how the rookies from Minnesota played bad in the first half and responded so well in the second to bring them back into that game and make it a game. Her confidence going into the paint is undeniable. Nafisa is is pro-ready and is ready to be a dominating force for this Lynx team 
when Sylvia Fowles isn't up there. And I'm just going to give a spoiler. Sylvia is not on our list <laughs> right now. And that's shocking to me, but, we, you know, stats don't lie. She has not been dominating so far this season. So we couldn't throw her on the list. Talk to me what you like so far about Nafisa and what she's doing for this Lynx team. I love everything about Nafisa. I can't believe she was as low of a draft pick as she was. Um, to be completely honest with you, I think she's one of the most pro-ready bodies and athletes and just skill-wise players um, in the in in this class. So she's 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 a special special breed. Uh, she truly is, and I and I don't think you you deserve any flack for it. I mean, she's up there tied for you know the leading leading the links in scoring with, with Sylvia Fowles. I mean, they're both averaging fourteen and a half a game, um, which you know, is different because this is just, and, 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 and to kind of get to your point about Sylvia, like, like, like the Lynx are winning, granted they, they lost to Seattle, but this is a team that's kind of re rebranding in ways and reestablishing what it is. But the most impressive thing about the Lynx is their balance scoring four games in, you know, their, their entire lineup is averaging and double averaging double figures. And so it's not necessarily a team that is going to have a one or a two headed monster, if you will, but They've got a lot of different scores who could maybe go off and score at any given night, at least with a, a certain level of consistency. And it's impressive to see a rookie in Nafisa Collier doing what she's doing just four games in her career. Um, you know, she, she as well is being very efficient with the ball. She's shooting the ball extremely well. Um, she, she's, she's using her length. She's using her, she doesn't look like a rookie to me. She just doesn't. Um, and especially when she kind of gets that like extra gear that she can take her game to. And and we see it in flashes and she can score in bunches. And um, I just, I think that she, especially the last two, um, even with Seattle on that loss, I have seen, because I didn't really see the first two games. I'm just being honest with you, but the last two that they, that, that the Lynx have played her confidence have, has jumped tremendously in each one of them. Um, she, her comfort level on the floor out of all the rookies, she looks the most comfortable out there. Um, and that's why it, like I'm watching her and I'm thinking, man, like it, I'm having to remind myself <laughs> that she's a rookie and it, it, it's surprising to me. Um, so I do, I think she deserves to be in this conversation in terms of dominant players uh, because she is dominating in her own way. And we, you could even say, okay, dominant rookies. She, she's the most dominant rookie in my opinion right now. By far. And honestly, I was going to make a comparison. A lot of people last year, Oh, Asia, Asia, Asia. Let's talk about a player who is dominating. And when you're describing what you're seeing in Nafisa, I'm hearing a lot of Ariel Atkins similarities. Sure. The way that she just came in, asserted herself, I'm ready to play. Maybe, you know, Collier, Collier got a little bit more attention because that, that monstrous first game. But you talk about a player who's just going to steadily chug along. Um, I'm seeing that. Another point I want to make, hearing you describe this, am I crazy or is this Minnesota Lynx 2019 team starting to have a lot of similarities to the Connecticut Sun? A very even keel, you know, everyone's putting up lots of points. You got a, a monster in the paint at the five, and everyone else is just kind of pitching in as opposed to some other teams. Like Minnesota and, and, and Connecticut, who's taking the last shot? You got tons of options, and you honestly don't know. Interesting. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that before. But in terms of a balance standpoint, um, balance and uh, maybe I I don't know how much you could you could you could talk about longevity a little bit because you do have some players on this team now, maybe not this exact roster, but with fouls and some of the other ones who 
you know, like we don't even have a, we can't even talk about Augustus right now, but you know, there, there is a certain level of longevity that maybe isn't exactly in this lineup. So maybe that is a mute point. Uh, but you do have some veterans, you know, um, that aren't too much like too old a veteran, you know what I'm saying? Like, like an Odyssey said, yeah. and um, you know, like, like, I don't know. I, I like that point. I think that's a good comparison in some ways. I mean, I, I think it's still very early to tell. Um, I'm just impressed with the links in particular out of these four games, just, just the balance scoring. I, I think they've rebounded the ball extremely well, which is kind of their staple, which they did not do against at all. Um, but they didn't do it because Seattle shot like 60% from the field. The Lynx shot like 50%. There weren't a lot of rebounds to get. Um, so like, like if they're defending and they're rebounding, they're, they're going to be in games. I, I'm just curious if this balanced scoring is going to continue. Um, that that's my biggest question mark. I think I texted you last night during the game. I was like, they, they struggle to score, but then I look at the stat sheet after and they shot over 50%. So I was a little bit confused myself, but I'm still trying to figure out this team. I, I really am. Well, if you talk to me about the links, uh, my, my biggest pet peeve of that game, we're not going to get too much into that game, but I think it was uh, at the end of one or at, at the end of the first half they had shot, they were 0 for 3 from three point. Yeah. Or one or one for three or something like that. And I, and, and I tweeted out, literally tweeted out, and the moment I tweeted it out, they took like three, their, their next three sets, they took three shots. <laughs> so, you know, to me that honestly a lot of it had to do with that. They, they could have easily been in this game if they would have started taking threes a little bit earlier in the game. Obviously they were in the game. You know what I mean. Uh, let's talk about another player who's just been dominating – a surprise, if you will, um, not because of who she is, but the team she's on and what they've been doing. Erica Wheeler of the Indiana Fever dropped 16 in the opener against New York, 26 in a loss to Connecticut, and then 10, a low for her, against the Liberty uh, in the next game. She has been a spark plug for this team. She has the smarts, the skill, the athleticism, the speed, I'm liking what she's doing for this Indiana Fever team. Um, she's also got five assists. Her, or, sorry, the, her her worst assist amount per game was five. Okay, so she's she's working the ball to other players. It's not just all about her. Okay, when she scored 26, she's also dishing out nine assists. All right, this girl is balling <laughs> out. Talk to me about what you're seeing, not just from her. We can talk a little bit about the Fever. Um, this team we we talked about it in our la- in our last episode. This team is in the second year of a rebuild, and they seem, you know, I don't want to compare them to the Liberty, but they're on a similar trajectory, if you were. They started in a similar place, um, and the Fever look to be accepting their position and taking charge a little bit more than the Liberty. What are you seeing from the Fever? I, in Erica Wheeler in particular, I, I don't want to sound negative because this is going to come across a little bit harsh. I. I don't think it's realistic to think that she can maintain averaging 17 points a game throughout the course of this season. Um, I think what we're kind of seeing is just a really hot start. Um, I think you used the word, I don't know what was, what was the word spark plug? Spark plug. I'm that's a big a, fan that's of that a word. really great word for her. I, I mean, countless times she's able to come in and generate instant offense for a fever team where, where at times maybe last year they, they couldn't get a bucket. Erica Wheeler can do that. Um, I just don't know if she, I, I don't know yet if she's the type of player that can maintain this volume of scoring throughout the course of a season. Now, you know, back in 2017, she averaged close to about 12 points a game. 
you know, with the fever. So she, 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 she can score the basketball. I just, between Kelsey Mitchell, you know, I'm not sure. You know, and maybe obviously with, with Vivian's out, um, someone needed to elevate their, their, their scoring, you know, because, because that offense was really starting to, uh, Vivian's was such an important aspect of that offense. So, so maybe that is, maybe this is a byproduct of, you know, that, that position and Wheeler getting an opportunity, um, even more than what she would have got. Uh, but, but she is, she, she, she does have a swagger to herself on the court. Uh, you know, she is a spark plug, probably the, one of the best spark spark plugs in the league, um, in my, in my opinion. So I love that analogy with you. I'm just curious if she's going to be hmm. able to maintain this volume of scoring or is it, is it going to be a situation where, you know, maybe then it shifts to Kelsey Mitchell and she starts getting hot throughout the course of the season. Um, I'm not sure, but there's no doubt that the fever have gotten better and Erica Wheeler is a big part of that. Now let's talk honorable mentions. You you mentioned one of my honorable mentions, so I just stayed quiet. You said her name earlier. I just zipped my lip. Jordan Canada has been in a like the steps she has taken this season has been amazing. This last year, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know, last year we were hyped on her, her speed, her defensive effort, her playing smart, but still at times it seemed. Rarely, but at times she was a little bit too fast for herself and she'd make those youthful mistakes. She has cleaned that up big time and is looking like a starter for a defending champion team right now. Erica Wheeler, uh, sorry, Jordan Canada, just looking amazing. Um, I, I love Jordan Canada. Sorry, sorry to cut you no. off. I, I really, really do. I, I, I mean, I've followed her career, you know, through her time in college. And, and I, just, I just think she is such a special um, special guard, you know, she's got such a tremendous IQ. And now that she's been in the league for over a year, she's, she's literally under the greatest point guard of all times wing learning from her every single day. I mean, what, I I don't know. I just, I I think she is so special. Um, She's got one of the best IQs and understanding of space and when to get her shot off and when not to, and she'll make some moves around the basket to be able to get her shot off, you know, over, over six, five, they like are so acrobatic. And you're like, Oh my God, how did she do that? Um, she's going to have such a great career in this league. I, I really do feel that I, you know, she's, she's playing at a high level. Um, she's, she's another one of those where it's hard to believe she's just in year two because, um, of just what she brings to the court. And, and I think given the circumstances with the storm this year with, with bird being out and, you know, she, she's just been insert inserted into a role that, it's going to make her grow up that much quicker and even faster. And it's, I mean, it's just going to be the, to the benefit of the fans who get to witness her because she's, she's a, a really special player. Oh, completely agree. And if I remember correctly, you were uh, pretty hyped on her. I remember you texting me and telling me if you have the pick, you go with her over Kelsey Mitchell last year. So just saying, um, I stand by that. I do. You're, you're, you're looking pretty smart right now, but we'll, we'll give it a few more years and then we'll check back in. Tina Charles has also been a dominating force this season. The reason she's an honorable mention, I mean, she's dropped 32, 15, 21. Um, the only reason she, she is not, is an honorable mention is not on the list is obviously because New York is 0 for 3. And I felt some type of way about uh, having a most dominating player who hasn't been able to pull off a win, but also, I do want to throw out there that Tina Charles has probably been the most dominating player in the WNBA for many of the last few years, obviously excluding Liz Cambage last year. And the reason I say that is 
how long has it been that everybody knew all you had to do to stop New York was to defeat Tina Charles? Because no one else on that roster is doing enough to pull this team along. And yet Tina Charles is still up there, most points per game, still up there, you know, cutting it up, doing everything she does. So I just want to throw, tip the cap to Tina Charles. And also congrats on becoming Liberty's all-time leading scorer this past week against LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a very impressive career Tina Charles has had. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, you feel for the Liberty because you see the potential, but then it's like, man, like you just want them to get a win and you can't quite figure out what's going on. And part of you feels bad for Tina Charles because she deserves to be winning. And, and uh, I, I just think we we could get into this on a whole other podcast of kind of what's going on there. Uh, but oh, we will. they're, they're going to figure it out. I have to believe that, that, that. I just think the issues are lying. Someone else has to step up. I mean, good Lord, it can't be just Tina Charles. Someone else is going to have to elevate their game to another level and take a little, I mean, she's got the whole world on her shoulders right now. It feels like there in New York, but yeah, congratulations to, to, to Charles on, on becoming the Liberty's all-time leading scorer. That's an incredible accomplishment. And man, we are just so, so fortunate to live in an era to witness her play because she's just been so great for women's basketball. And I'm going to throw something out there because it has been killing me for, for a very long time. Um, Tina Charles and Bernie Sanders have the exact same shot. I don't want to get political. I'm just going to say, if you've ever seen the video of Bernie Sanders playing basketball, the man has the exact same form as Tina Charles. Check it out. Okay. It is worth it. You, Trust me. You're going to have to tweet it. Like when you put the podcast out, like you're going to have to tweet the video of it so people can see it. I'll, I'll find a video and, and find a tech guy who can, who can lay them next uh, to each other. Yeah. Um, our last honorable mention, only one game so far this season, Elena Deladon. The reason she's on it, obviously everyone's like, oh, Elena Deladon, obviously she's on the list. No, 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 no. The reason she's on the list is because if you saw the game against Atlanta, she was unstoppable. She, I uh, said this in the last episode, she went 30 minutes for missing a shot. Um, 30 minutes into the game, she only played 22. Calm down. All those people are going to be like, all right, he doesn't know what he's talking about. All right, 18 points, three assists, one block, seven rebounds. Seven for nine. Obviously, she was 0 for 1 on the three ball. You know me. Her knee's injured. She's not making it. Deldon has been dominating when she has played. Got to give a shout out to her. One of the most dominating players in the league. Oh, I mean. Want to add anything? No, no, no one's going to argue against you. Good Lord. It's Elena Deladon. She's, she's got the ability to completely take over in spurts and moments, entire games. She's, yeah. No, one, no one's going no to argue against you on that one. Well, then we'll leave it at that. We believe the players of the WNBA and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receives on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community to help us help support us in the hard work we do.